So it's not going to invest in a diverse type of assets. They might just invest in class B value add multifamily, for example. It's not going to be multifamily and self-storage and medical and a bunch of other things. And then once the fund is fully invested, then the returns are based on the full net asset value of the assets within the fund. Quick disclaimer, the views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to bestevershow.com. Hello, Best Ever listeners, and welcome to another episode of the Actively Passive Investing Show. As always, I'm Theo Hicks here with Travis Watts. Travis, how are you doing today? Hey, Theo. I'm doing great, man. So today we are going to talk about funds. So we're going to talk about the three different types of commercial real estate funds. Of course, as a passive investor, you can invest in one deal at a time, so individually, or you can invest into a fund that buys multiple assets, potentially across multiple asset classes, multiple markets, really depending on what the investment strategy is. So we're going to focus on that and the three different types of funds that you could possibly invest in, as well as some of the pros and cons of each. I might have stolen some of Travis's thunder there, but Travis, why are we talking about this topic today? No, not at all. So we simplify, we use a lot of terms on this show, like private placements or syndications, but we rarely go into depth about the different types of funds, to your point. So in this episode, it's about going into depth, defining the different types of funds for people out there wanting to know those subtle differences. So it's important for passive investors, obviously, to know what you're investing in. It's important for active investors to know what your options are on how you could structure your deals. So we're going to cover closed-end funds, open-end funds, and evergreen funds in this episode, and how these pertain to private placement investing. So all of these fund types could be applied to the stock market as well. You could be invested in a publicly traded closed-end, open-end, evergreen fund. But we're talking about private placements because most of our episodes are centralized around multifamily investing that way. So with that, I'll let you start off, I guess, with uh, closed-in funds, and I'll take it from there and see where we go. I want to mention one more thing that I forgot to mention in the intro. So we're just focusing on the funds today. If you want to know what the differences are between investing into a fund as opposed to investing into one deal at a time, if you just go to joefairless.com, just type in individual deals versus fund, I have a very detailed blog post that goes into the major differences between those two from the perspective of a passive investor. But we're just going to talk about the funds today. So as Travis mentioned, the first fund is the close-ended fund, probably the most common type of fund. And as the title or the name of it implies, it has a beginning and an end. So the sponsor is going to raise equity for a fixed amount of time or up to a set amount. They might say, we're going to raise money for two years, or we're going to raise money until we achieve $10 million, $20 million, $100 million, whatever. And then once that capital amount is raised or that equity raising period ends, then no new equity comes into the fund. So it's closed. So there's a closed end to the actual fund. It also has an overall term. So maybe it's going to be two years of raising capital. And then the term of the fund is going to be five years. And then it's going to be closed or it could be 10 years, depending on the operator. But five to 10 years is going to be the most common life of one of these closed-ended fund. And once the portfolio of assets is acquired, that's kind of set in stone. So if they're going to raise $100 million to buy 10 properties, 
than they're just going to buy 10 properties, hold on to them. And then as those properties are sold at the end of whatever the hold period is, those proceeds are not going to be reinvested to buy more deals. They're most likely going to be distributed back to the passive investors until all 10 of those deals are sold and that five or 10 year period is reached. And then the fund is over. You have your money back. All the properties are sold and that's it. Now, as I mentioned, most are going to distribute those proceeds once it's sold. Sometimes they might hold all of those funds. They might hold a portion of those funds and not distribute them until the very end of the fund. So at year 10 or year five, again, it kind of depends on how it's, it's structured. Like all things, the answer is it kind of depends. When am I going to get my money back? Well, it depends on what the operator is doing. But bottom line, overall, the close-ended fund is going to have a set timeline and a fixed portfolio. So what are some of the pros and cons? Closed-ended funds are going to be pretty much a liquid. You're not going to be able to pull money in and out like some of the other funds we're going to talk about. As we mentioned, you're not going to get your money back until either the end of the fund or until a deal is sold. They're most likely going to focus on a similar asset type. So it's not going to invest in a diverse type of assets. They might just invest in class B value-add multifamily, for example. It's not going to be multifamily and self-storage and medical and a bunch of other things. And then once the fund is fully invested, then the returns are based on the full net asset value of the assets within the fund. So again, it's not going to be like an individual deal. Your returns are based off of that one deal. It's going to be a blended average of all the properties that they're owned. So as each property gets added, obviously for the first property, I guess technically it is one property, but then as each property gets added, then you're going to get an average of all those returns. And so if one deal does really bad, then hopefully it's offset by the other deals. On the flip side, if one deal does really, really well, it's going to be offset by the average deals. So that's the close-ended fund. We'll get back to the show in just two minutes, but first, some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. One of the hardest tasks to balance while scaling your real estate investing business is accounting. Well, realestateaccounting.co takes care of the numbers for you so you can grow your business and revenue. REA helps property managers and investors save time and money by automating back office, financial, admin, and accounting. Starting is quick and seamless from accounts payable to reconciliations, taxes, and reporting. Go to realestateaccounting.co forward slash best ever to find out how REA clients save on average 30% by leveraging their accounting services versus hiring in-house. With CPAs on staff and being owner-operators themselves, REA knows the challenges of your growing real estate business. Try it risk-free at realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever, and remember to mention the Best Ever podcast sent you to receive up to $1,800 towards onboarding and services. That's realestateaccounting.co forward slash bestever. If you're not sure where to start investing or need help taking the next step, mentorship and coaching is one of the best ways to get going. Think Multifamily is a leading apartment acquisition and education company who provides true one-on-one coaching to help you invest for your family's future. Their servant leadership approach will guide you to successfully scale your real estate business or assist you to diversify your investments in multifamily. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how they help working professionals just like you transform their future through partnering and community. In fact, the majority of real estate investors who partner with Think Multifamily get involved in a general partnership within six months. Thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching highlights the partnerships, 
joint ventures, and resources all available through the coaching program. Go to thinkmultifamily.com forward slash coaching to learn how to become a member and get involved. Let's talk about open-end funds, as you probably can already imagine what that might represent. An open-end fund has no limit on the capital raised or necessarily a set time frame for how long this fund is going to be open. So capital can be raised and repaid throughout the life of the fund. So this allows investors for liquidity. More on that in just a second. A couple cons that come to mind, one in particular, investors may receive an overall lower return in exchange or a trade-off for that liquidity because there's capital coming in and out of the fund, which means that the operator has to keep a large cash reserve for anybody wanting to do a redemption. So that's kind of a con to it. But most open-end funds, similar to closed-end funds that Theo talked about, will still distribute capital to the investors upon disposition or sale of the assets. So the bottom line is that these are great for folks that are looking for liquidity because that's one of the drawbacks to private placement investing is sometimes you put money in and it's five, seven, 10 years later before you get the money back. So this is a nice feature you may have a 90-day redemption, 180-day redemption, something like that, where you could get some capital back out. So like I talk about all the time, it comes down to your criteria. What's important to you? Are you going to need the liquidity for putting your kids through college or for retirement or a possible unexpected medical event? Or do you just not need the liquidity because this deal represents an allocation in your portfolio that you could do without? You have liquidity elsewhere, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, et cetera. So that's open-end funds in a nutshell. We'll get back to the show with first some sponsors I'm confident you'll find value in learning more about. Mark your calendars for the Best Ever Conference February 24th through 26th back in person at the Gaylord Rockies Convention Center. Join the experienced community and phenomenal speakers for a weekend of learning the best commercial real estate strategies, building relationships, and quite frankly, having a lot of fun. As a bonus, once you purchase your ticket, you are put into a mini mastermind group to start making connections with other commercial real estate investors immediately. Get the lowest prices right now at besteverconference.com. That's besteverconference.com. The third type of fund, which I would consider this like a 2A or 2B, because they're very, very similar to the open-ended funds. There's no limit on capital raise. There's no set time frame. The biggest difference here is that for the evergreen fund, so the 2A or the third fund, is that as deals are sold, rather than distributing the profits back to the investors, like in the open-ended fund and also the closed-ended fund, the operators have the ability to reinvest those funds back into another deal. So one deal is sold rather than distributing those profits. They'll take the initial investment plus the profits and reinvest that back into another deal. So the benefit here is that you can recycle your capital back into funds and kind of get that positive feedback loop of investing once, making that return, and then having a bigger chunk of capital invested into another deal, making higher returns, so on and so forth. Now, the downside of this is that since there's no end to this thing, if you keep your capital in there, then whatever the sponsors want to do with that money, whatever types of deals they want to invest in, they can't. So they might invest in an asset that isn't necessarily aligned with your goals. So as Travis just mentioned, your goals, your investment criteria is really the number one thing that's going to dictate what you do. So if you're investing in an evergreen fund, they might start off by investing in deals that you like, 
and then they might end up investing in deals you don't like, or maybe your investment criteria changes, the market changes, and you educate yourself and your idea of what's a good investment changes. But of course, you are able to take your money out, but you might not get the full value of that equity at the time you pull it out. Again, just depending on how the fund is structured. So the bottom line, basically the exact same thing as the open-ended fund, except that at the sale, the funds can be recycle back into the fund to buy more deals. Exactly. Good reminder too, there's no right and wrong or good and bad here, right? It's a good reminder that we're all different, different strokes for different folks, which fund is best. That's up to you, depending on your risk tolerance, your goals, your needs, your liquidity needs, as we talked about. So this episode's just educational purposes only to kind of open your mind to these possibilities that these different funds exist. Just because you see someone's doing a fund versus an individual deal, it's simply that. What kind of fund are they doing? So this is all to help build your criteria, everybody listening. So that's all I got in recap. Yeah, I don't have anything else to add either. Pretty straightforward. Basically closed-ended funds, doing the best in a fund that's kind of like an individual deal that has a set amount of money that's going to be raised. And then you know when the fund is going to be over. At the latest, I'm going to get my equity back in five or 10 years, as opposed to the open-ended fund, which is you kind of decide when you want to leave. (laughs) You decide when you want to invest more, when you want to invest less, when you want to pull out entirely. And the Evergreen Fund, again, the opportunity to recycle those funds back into more deals. So yeah, that's all I have. So Travis, does anything else? We'll go ahead and conclude the episode. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out our other actively passive investing shows on YouTube. We're also still doing our 60 second clips. Those are also on YouTube. If you have any questions that you'd like us to answer, make sure you can email me, theo at joefarrellis.com and we will add those to the queue. So thank you for tuning in. Have a best ever day and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Theo. Thanks everybody.